is Rebecca, and you're listening to Just Ghouly Things. Hey guys, welcome back to Just Ghouly Things, and we're your beautiful hosts, Rebecca and Vicky. (laughs) So this is like the fifth time we're trying this, so I'm just going to keep positive and hope this is working, because this is looking promising so far. Maybe it's the spirits telling us we shouldn't do this episode. Maybe. Because... This is weird. Like the technical audio issues we were having, I've never had before. So I had to like, first world problems, had to go on Google and figure out what was going wrong with this. Don't know what happened. Um, And yeah, and the topic we're talking about today is an interesting topic. Uh, You guys weighed in on your opinion online thinking this was a really interesting episode that I feel like we've discussed a couple times very briefly on the show, but never really delved into. So I'm really excited to do that. Um, I just can't stop thinking about the first take. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I'd word vomit. I wish you guys. I wish I would have saved the first take. So I told Victoria, okay, so you're gonna start the episode by saying, "Hi, Boo Things. This is Vicky," and then I say, "It's Rebecca," and you're listening to together, just Goy Things, and we get to, and you're listening to, and she goes, and. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say, and this is. <laughs> I, I mean, that wouldn't make sense, and this is just clean. Like, but, like, you just, like, you collapsed like into yourself. <laughs> it was the weirdest demonic sound I've ever heard in my life. I thought I was going to have to get her exercised. It was a very traumatic experience for me. But I tried to play it off. <laughs> you did. But, like, I just looked at you. I was like, this bitch. <laughs> But, um, okay, so yeah, so today we are going to be talking about skinwalkers. So this is a really long topic. We have a lot to kind of unpack here, so let's just get right into it, okay? So uh, skinwalkers, briefly, in Navajo culture, a skinwalker uh, in Navajo terms is Yinalushi, is a type of harmful witch who has the ability to turn into, possess, or disguise themselves as an animal. The term is never used for healers. There's like a huge difference. So some background on skinwalkers. So in the Navajo language, like I tried to pronounce, yi naldlushi translates to by means of it, it goes on all fours. So while perhaps the most common varieties seen in horror fiction by non-Navajo people, the Yinaldelushi is one of the several varieties of specifically a type of, it's called anti-hni. And the legend of the skinwalkers is not well understood outside of Navajo culture, mostly due to reluctance to discuss the subject with outsiders, understandably so. Um, and Navajo people are reluctant to reveal skinwalker lore to non-Navajos or to discuss it all among those who do not trust. Um, Navajo witches, including skinwalkers, represent the antithesis of Navajo cultural values. And while community healers and cultural workers are known as medicine men and women, or by terms in the local indigenous language, witches are seen as evil, performing twisted ceremonies and manipulating magic in a perversion of the good works medicine people traditionally perform. And in order to practice their good works, traditional healers learn about both good and evil magic. Most can handle responsibility of being a healer, but some people just can become corrupt and choose to become witches. Um, So legend has it, 
um, for the skinwalkers. Uh, animals associated with witchcraft usually include tricksters such as the coyote, which you'll see a lot of um, being referenced in today's episode, but can include other creatures, usually those associated by, uh, with death or bad omens. They might also possess living animals or people and walk around in their bodies by locking eyes with them. Skinwalkers may be male or female. There's no um, specific gender for it. So, skinwalker stories told among Navajo children may be complete life and death struggles that end in either skinwalker or Navajo killing the other, or partial encounter stories that end in a stalemate. Encounter stories may be composed as Navajo victory stories, with the skinwalkers approaching a hogan and being scared away. Um... Some non-native interpretations of skinwalker stories typically take the form of partial encounter stories on the road where the protagonist is temporarily vulnerable but then escapes from the skinwalker in like a non, a way not traditionally seen Navajo story that takes place away from home. Um, and sometimes Navajo children take European folklores and substitute skinwalkers for generic killers like the hook. So some of you guys, like, if you've ever heard of the hook, have you heard of the hook before? Um, this premise, uh, the basic premise of the story of the hook involves a young couple cuddling in a car with the radio playing, then suddenly a news bulletin reports that a serial killer has just escaped from a nearby institution, and the killer has a hook for one of his hands, and for varying reasons, they decide to leave quickly, and in the end, the killer's hook is either found hanging from the door handle or embedded into the door itself. Um, different variations of the story include scraping sound on the car door. Some versions start the same way, but have the couple spotting the killer, warning others, and then narrowly escaping with the killer holding on to the car's roof. So kind of like the body of this story is similar to kind of how the Navajos speak of the skinwalker. Um, so there's different stories that we're going to talk about in this episode. There's just so many variations of what a skinwalker can look like, what the characteristics are. There's kind of like a, a basic idea, but there's no definitive proof because, like I said, the Native Americans, the Navajo Indians, they don't really talk about it with folk outside of their group. Either. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, a very, it's a very scary topic, and I feel like not a lot of people are mature enough to really, should really deserve to know the information on what um, a skinwalker is. So um, before Vicky gets started with her story, I kind of wanted to tell you guys um, 15 terrifying facts on skinwalkers, and I kind of want you to take this into consideration um, when listening to the stories, because a lot of these facts do coincide with the stories. So I'm going to look it up right here. There's, an, um, there's a website you can go on thelineup.com. I'm just going to read them briefly. So the first, uh, the first fact is, is skinwalkers are actually known as witches in Navajo culture, and they used to be humans. That's uh, previously discussed. Um, they want your face, and some traditions suggest they'll steal your very skin. <coughs> skinwalkers can transform into any kind of animal, including you. Uh, it's kind of like they take you on as like a host. Um, which is seen also just in like paranormal culture with yeah. possession, demonic possession. Um, don't even think about looking at skinwalkers in the eyes. That's how they absorb themselves into your body, then control your every move. The fourth fact is the Navajo tribe is notorious for not talking about skinwalkers to outsiders. 
uh, five, though it's scary to think of them as humans, skinwalkers are seen most frequently as wolves, coyotes, foxes, eagles, owls, or crows. Be careful next time you stare down a wolf. I think that's an important fact for many reasons. Um, six, there's a ranch in Utah called Skinwalker Ranch because there's been so many sightings. That we will get to a little later on. The word for skinwalker in the Navajo language, as previously expressed, is yi naldushi. The word translates to he who walks on all fours. Eight, skinwalkers can run far greater distances than normal people. They're said to be able to run for 200 miles at a time. That's fucking terrifying. Um, Nine, stay away from graveyards. Skinwalkers like to hang out there while digging up graves quickly. Because people hang out there on the regular. Yeah, and then this is a picture Mm -hmm. of a supposed skinwalker. I'll post this on the Instagram page. Um, Ten, but why dig up a grave? Some skinwalkers can take the powder from corpses and then use the dust as poison on their victims. So be careful if you see a skinwalker in a graveyard. 11, when they're not transformed into animals, witnesses have described skinwalkers as hollowed-out creatures that look like a little like dogs. 12, skinwalkers aren't allowed to enter a home unless invited. It's common decency, people. That's what the, the website said. Um, but this kind of reminds me of black-eyed children, um, a previous episode we did where Black-eyed people, specifically black-eyed children, aren't allowed into a home unless they're invited in. Um, 13. So you want to become a skinwalker, dot, dot, dot. There are many different theories on how to become one, but the most prevalent speaks of an official ceremony where people become skinwalkers through a gathering with specific charms and chants. You're fucking crazy. People actually want to be one. Yeah, it's just... (laughs) I guess, I guess the job market's kind of scarce out there. Um, 14, one of the ritual acts to become a skinwalker involves killing and then eating someone close to them. And by performing this act, the soon-to-be skinwalkers lose any humanity left in them. Beware, once you're a skinwalker, you can't undo it. And last but not least, if you can get past their endurance, shape-shifting agilities, and possible coven, it's said that you can kill a skinwalker by calling them by their true pre-skinwalker name. So, with all that information being thrown at you guys, Vicky, want to start with your story? I'll start. This one's pretty short to start, but it's titled, They Ran Away on Their Back Legs. So, this happened about 12 years ago. My family owns a a farm in the heart of the Indian Reservation. One winter, I was home for Christmas, taking care of the farm while my parents were away Christmas shopping. As I was home by myself, way late in the night, I hear our cows freaking out. I know it had to be wild dogs that are rampant in the area. So I throw on some boots, grab a shotgun, load it up, and head out to the field. This was a perfect scenario for a horror movie. It was a cloudy, but, but it was still a full moon, and it was breaking through the clouds just right to light up all the snow. I ran out in the middle of the field, and just in time, I see two dogs were standing up facing each other, fighting. I think perfect, two for one. And then it happened. The dogs heard the rack. They both stopped, looked over at me, and ran away on their back legs only. Immediately I froze, and every ghost story about skinwalkers and all the other native legends I grew up with flew through my mind. Keep in mind, I'm a white guy, and up until then, these were all just boogeyman stories that the native kids would try to tell us and scare us. That night, they became real to me. So he didn't even know about it. And how they said, like, their culture, like, they didn't even tell, like, other people, like, outsiders, and he was an outsider. 
And then the fact that they said they were on the two back legs. Yeah, and like humans almost. Yeah. But dogs. That's so Which, weird. yeah, again, equates to, you know, some of the facts of a skinwalker. Yeah. Yeah, that's, so, that's horrifying. I mean, what would you do if you were by yourself on a property like that and you happen to see that? Well, like, well, I definitely, I wouldn't try to shoot someone because I'd probably miss, so. Yeah. I wouldn't take a gun back there, but I'd honestly, I'd let the cows rock. I, I wouldn't <laughs> go out there. I'd be like, oh no. Like, you lived a good life, Maggie. I'm sorry. Just not, not happening today. Um, okay, so my next story um, is, this is talking about Skinwalker Ranch, which I talked about previously. Um, some have called it a supernatural place, others have deem it, deemed it as cursed. Uh, and Terry Sherman got so spooked by the happenings on his new cattle ranch that 18 months after moving his family of four to the property, now known by many as the Skinwalker Ranch, uh, he sold the 512-acre parcel away. Now, this is located in northeastern Utah, um, and he and his wife, Gwen, had shared their chilling experiences with a local reporter in June of 1996. They reported seeing mysterious <coughs> crop circles, uh, UFOs, and the systematic and repeated mutilation of their cattle, uh, you know, recipes, cattle, <laughs> and oddly surgical and bloodless manner. So it looked like someone was going in there and just cutting up the bodies and leaving it in a way that Jeez. just looks like someone that went to medical school was able to clean up because there was no blood left at the scene. It just looked very meticulous, very well it's thought a out. serial killer almost. Right? Right? Um, and within three months of the story's publication, Las Vegas real estate and UFO enthusiast Robert Bigelow bought the property for only $200,000. For $200,000, having a 512-acre land. That's a lot. Yeah, like, I mean... That's a lot of land. <laughs> for $200,000, you can't get half an apartment here in New no, Jersey. no. <laughs> for 512 acres. But um, what he did with uh, this land was he took a bunch of surveillance cameras, put it around the property, uh, tried to do intense research on the property itself, uh, history, but there was no definite evidence found while doing this um, doing this research for the extended period of time. So then the ranch was then resold to... a adamantium real estate which has since applied the trademark uh, to the name Skinwalker Ranch so this is the one and only Skinwalker Ranch there's none like it around the United States um, but even though there was a lack of evidence that was recorded uh, there still have been many claims by the locals and by people that have been on that property um, the you the Uinta Basin of eastern Utah has been such a hotbed of paranormal sightings over the years that some extraterrestrial enthusiasts have deemed it UFO Alley. Um, one local filmmaker called Trent Harris, he had said, you can't throw a rock in southern Utah without hitting somebody who's been abducted before. Um, <laughs> and indeed, according to The Hunt for the Skinwalker, it's a book that was uh, published, odd objects have been spotted overhead since the first European explorers arrived. In 1776, Franciscan missionary uh, Silvestri Velez de Escalante wrote about strange fireballs appearing over his campfire in El Rey. And before the Europeans, of course, indigenous peoples occupied the Uinta Basin before 
they uh, had it taken over. And today, Skinwalker Ranch abuts the Uinta and Ore Indian reservations of the UT tribe. So it's all, all these experiences seem to kind of be in close correlation with one another. So is there, it's like, like, like all these experiences that are happening on these other locations, it's still close by. So is there something going on with that property? Like, is there something that... I feel like it's like that whole town almost. Yeah. But why? You know, that's like the big question. Why is this happening? Why in this specific vicinity? It's like the Area 51 of Skinwalkers. Exactly, yeah. Um, So we're going to talk about mysterious creatures uh, that have occurred in this area. So everything the Shermans saw on their ranch was just skyborne UFOs. They also claimed to see mysterious large animals, most notably a wolf, three times the size of a normal wolf that Terry shot at close range multiple times with a rifle to seemingly no effect. That's yeah, so clearly own. you would want to shoot at it because it's not <laughs> no. going to do anything. It's going to piss it off more. Then, on the night of March 12, 1997, after the ranch had been sold off, biochemist Colm Kelleher, working with Bigelow's National Institute for Discovery Science, claimed to see a large humanoid creature spying on the research team from a tree. As he detailed in Hunt for the Skinwalker, the creature was approximately 50 yards away, watching the team safely from a tree perch 20 feet off the ground. So there was, people were physically seeing it, but there was no evidence like pictures or videos to prove that there was this creature 50 yards away watching the team doing their research. And that's like really close. Yeah, it's scary because they could see it it can see them, but they couldn't get evidence. Um, the large creature that lay motionless almost casually in the tree, said Kelleher. The only indication of the beast's presence was the penetrating yellow light of the unblinking eyes as they stared fixedly back into the light. After Kelleher fired at the creature with a rifle, it disappeared. It was then that I saw it, a single, obvious oval track about six inches in diameter embedded deeply into the patch of snow. It looked unusual, a single large print in the snow with two sharp claws protruding from the rear of the mark going a couple of inches deeper. It almost looked like a bird of prey, maybe a raptor print, but huge, and from the depth of the print, from a very heavy creature. So not only is the land cursed, but they say that there's cursed water and cursed lights on this property. Wow. So while skinwalkers don't fe- uh, don't feature in Ute religion, there are still aspects of the ranch that make sense within the context of the Ute lore. So other strange sightings have occurred directly next door at Bottle Hollow, a 420-acre man-made reservoir on the Ute landing abutting the ranch, which was filled with fresh water in 1970 by federal government mandate. And in 1998, a police officer saw a large light plunge into the reservoir and then reemerge flying off into the night sky. So clearly some UFO activity. And one night in 2002, four young non-Indian men standing on the reservoir shoreline saw a blue-white ball enter the artificial lake. And according to the hunt for the skinwalker, the glowing ball dove into the water just a few feet from the shore then emerged seconds later in a new form, a shimmering, maneuverable, belt-shaped shaft of light. Quote, after performing a brief writhing aerial dance the belt of the light zipped away at a high rate of speed hugging the ground before disappearing below the top of skinwalker ridge end quote the appearance of this supernatural around bottle hollow makes sense with the context of ute belief 
According to Jones, amongst the Utes, springs and certain waterways were reservoirs of negative power. There were evil spirits or evil sprites that would rise up out of the water and then drag you in. So be very careful around those waters. Um, and that is the history that I found on Skinwalker Ranch. That's a lot. Yeah. Okay, so I have a longer story. Okay, let's hear it. And it is titled, It Had a Dog's Body, But With Human Hands and Feet. Um, I was spending a month with my cousins at my grandma's house. It was August. My cousin's age ranged from 10 to 15, and I was the oldest, being 15. I was staying with a 10, 13, and 14-year-old. We stayed up telling scary stories often, but one night, a few weeks in, we decided to make a campfire out back. My grandma's house is in a rural suburb, um, and the neighbors aren't too far when you're driving down the road to her house, but the backyard is thick forest with man-made paths through it. Each house is on a hill, so only part of the basement was actually underground. That isn't important until later, though. So we're towards the east side of her yard in a smallish patch of open land. You couldn't see the neighbors' yards from there, and there was probably three-quarters to a mile to each side of us that belonged to my grandma. It was maybe 11 at night. We were playing truth or dare after telling scary stories, and my 14-year-old cousin dared me and my 13-year-old to go walk through the paths for 10 minutes or so. I said yes right away, as I wasn't easily scared and rather level-headed, but my younger cousin was a bit more hesitant. We didn't bring a flashlight because it wasn't pitch dark yet. We could see enough to not die. We were walking through the pass for about five minutes, and I could barely see the fire through the trees. That's when we decided to turn. In the middle of the path was a large dog-like creature, creature hunched over with its front hands an inch from the ground. So I guess it was, like, levitating. Yeah. But what I remember most was how its eyes were so, um, so bright white, mm. and it was... Um, a humanoid dog shaped with a human-like head but a dog-like body with human hands and feet. It looked right at us and I know I was paralyzed with fear as it dashed away the opposite way from us towards a creek that ran through the yard. Eventually my cousin and I screamed bloody effing murder and the other cousins (laughs) and my grandma ran to us. I don't remember much here because I was really disoriented and I couldn't think properly but I did wake up in my bed so I assumed that I was brought up to the house. All the kids slept in the basement in a big room with sliding glass doors to the outside as the room was on its side that wasn't on the ground. My bed was pressed up against a big glass window and I could see my cousins playing outside down below. The house is in Michigan, so it gets slightly chilly even at the end of August and there was a slight breeze. So I put on my jacket and ran to join them outside, skipping breakfast, not wanting to miss out on anything fun. When I got down, I could tell they weren't playing, but rather running to get my grandma. Her dogs, both of them, were dead, ripped up the <gasps> night we went to bed early. Oh, no! <laughs> no! Plot I twist. Hate <laughs> I woke up at maybe 2 in the morning because I felt something hit my head. My cousins were all sitting on the double bed opposite of me on the other side of the room. There was one bunk bed and two double beds, and the double beds for me and my 14-year-old cousin. They were being quiet and staring at me. The 13-year-old nodded his head toward the window, and I froze. They all looked afraid. I turned my head slightly to the side, and I saw a really messed up looking face pressed against the window (laughs) with gaping eyes looking down at me. I screamed so fucking loud, and it bolted. My grandma called the police, and after I told her what happened, and they found nothing. I went home after that, and I'd never been there during the night again. I would never go back in general. Never, day, yeah. night, 
in between. I'm not no. going back there. It's like one thing having a story, but the fact that the dogs died. I know that's the worst part. Like, like I'm done. Something had to have been there. No, I'm done. Goodbye. <laughs> no, this story is canceled because and the it, whole setting, like a woods and neighbors. Are did they say how old they were in that story? Um, he was four, uh, 15. Okay, so it's not like where he was like so young enough where like he, his like, imagination could yeah. have gotten the better. And he's 14, 15. Yeah. Like, I, you know. That's a good age to like remember stuff. Oh, yeah. It's also a good time to be traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> like, holy he shit. Never go back to grandma. For real. Like, oh, that's horrible. Okay. Um, so my uh, next story I have here. Let's see. Okay, so I have a couple stories from Reddit that I wanted to read. Um, two short ones and a relatively long one. So this one just is titled Skinwalker Encounter. This, is, this story is probably the scariest thing that has ever happened to me. I live in Montana where people are known for sighting tiny people in the mountains and skinwalkers. This story is about a skinwalker. I didn't really know what a skinwalker was until I encountered one. Me and at least five other people decided to go out and have a few drinks to celebrate one of our buddy's birthdays. We'll call him Bill. It was July 15th, 2017. So it's recent. recent. We were over at his house smoking weed and having a few beers. One of the buddies said we should go do some scary story stuff to see who would pussy out first. Everyone agreed, being the crossfaded people we were. And Bill said there was an abandoned barn on his land and his parents always told him to never go over there because of the reasons. He said he will tell us the reasons on the way. We all get up and leave and start walking to the barn. The barn was at least 20 minutes away. It was nothing but grass and open fields because he lived on what used to be a farm, so there was a lot of lakers, eight lakers, acres of land. Bill started to tell the story of his great-great-grandfather and how he used to beat his wife's in the he used to beat his wife in the barn and teach them lessons. But one day, what a piece of shit. But one day, <laughs> once he was finished beating one of his wives, the chain he oh, and chained her up, his fingernails started to turn black. He started to scream that he was on fire had his skin slowly turn more black from the finer tips all the way up to his head and covered his whole body almost like he was getting burned. Good for him. Yeah, I don't that's even feel a punishment bad. right yeah, there. Yeah, fuck you, douche. <laughs> okay. Once the story was finished, we got to the barn. We all looked over to it. It is exactly how you would think a barn would look. Painted red, really old. This was at maybe 9 p.m., so it was pretty dark. Bill walked up to the door, and we all followed uh, as he opened the barn door and unchained from the bar, from the barn, and falls. What the hell? He opens the barn door and unchains from the barn and falls flat on the ground. If one of us stood in the way of the door, we would have been killed if not careful. (coughs) We continued on through as we walked into the barn. It was quiet; no bugs or rats to be heard. We walked around the place. One of our buddies pulled out a phone and shined the light so we could see. He shines it at the horse entrance of the farm, the door at the back. At that moment, we see a tall white figure. Its eyes glowed like someone was taking a picture of a cat. Its back was arched up as it crawled on its two legs and two long arms. The arms had huge claws on them, almost like a wolf's, but without the fur, and it just stared at us. It was staring right at me. I was dazed in fear as one of my friends had to knock me out of it, and we all ran. Once we left the barn, I looked back to it staring back at us from the front doors where the door had fallen. It cracked its neck to the side. You could hear it crack its <laughs> neck from at least a mile away. It was so loud. 
We ran all the way back to the house and not looking back after that. We all decided to stay in the living room as it was the smartest thing to do since we were in a group. One of our friends said he couldn't sleep on the floor and begged Bill to let him use the room to sleep. Bill let him. We fell asleep about an hour later. We woke up at around 3.30 a.m. to hear an old man screaming from Bill's room. It wasn't his father. He was out of town, nor was it our friend. We all tried to get into the room, but it was locked. I told everyone to back up as I kicked down the door and barged into the room to see our friend curled up in the corner, covering his face with his knees. We all walk over to him and try to convince him it's okay, it's just us, but he pushed us away and said, leave me alone. We left the room not knowing what happened as we hear the front door open and something heavy barge out of the house like it was crawling through the house. Holy shit. Oh, that's crazy. We run outside with a flashlight as we see the tall white creature we once saw before run back to the barn. It ran like it was jumping almost like a lion does, but more in air between the run. Our friend still doesn't want to talk about what he saw that night. Um, once he remembers, he starts to throw up and become scared. I soon started to talk about this story when I went camping with friends a few months after, and they said I encountered a skinwalker, and we have never gone back to that barn since. That is crazy. You know, at first I was a little hesitant with this one because I was like, you guys are high. Yeah, like, yeah, right? You guys are okay. seeing stuff. Uh-huh. But then, like, three in the morning, okay, like, that's, like, six hours later. And, like, like what are the odds morning? that they're all seeing the same thing, yeah. though? Like, I feel like everyone, like, if you're smoking, like, everyone goes through, like, different things. Like, I feel like you're not be, like, gonna... that one person that would just say it and try to get people to convince like I see this like you guys are gonna see it too but like the fact that they all saw it Uh like I always feel like there's that one friend that's like more the level head like that smokes so much weed that like they just know what's going on like it's just like their everyday thing so like for them it wouldn't phase them but the fact that everyone saw it and then that one kid was by himself like and then it was locked they had a knock down the door I don't know. And then they heard the front door open. And they saw it walking out. Ah, I hate that. I hate that story. Okay. Um, do you have any more stories? or No. Okay, cool. I so I have these two more stories. Um, this is another My Skinwalker story. This starts. This happened a few months ago, and I've kept it to myself until recently when I told my dad about it. I was with my brother, who we'll call John for now, and one of our old friends, and we were walking through a forest back to where we came from. Since I'm younger than both of them, they tend to annoy me a lot, but this time they were being really annoying, so I decided to walk ahead. I was about halfway between them and the exit of the forest when I heard things snapping to my left, and I just brushed it off and then kept walking, but then I started to hear a low mumbling noise, so I stopped and looked around. I asked if anyone was there and got no reply until about 30 or 40 seconds later when I heard what sounded like my brother saying, Come here, I need your help. So I asked what was wrong while keeping my distance because something about his voice sounded wrong, like it was distorted. So I waited a few seconds and then he said again, come here, I need your help. But in the exact same way as before. So I moved to the side and that's when I saw it. It was a deer, but it was on its back legs and its body was rigid and twisted. But the worst part was its eyes were exactly the same as mine. I didn't believe that it was a bad creature. It actually seemed quite friendly, but nonetheless, I was scared, so I ran a mile back the whole time. I could feel it behind me when I got out of the forest. I fell to my knees, looked back to see if it disappeared behind some trees. But here's the weird thing ever. Since I've been there, been having dreams, but not about being chased by or anything in the dreams, I am in it. So 
I told my dad about this and he didn't look surprised or confused at all. He told me of a similar event he had when he was younger. If you want to hear about that, let me know. But still to this day, I remember how I felt and threatened what it was like I was looking at myself, but through a filter that was the first time I saw it, but I doubt it will be the last. That's such a weird story because I feel like the way she's describing this or he's describing this, he didn't feel threatened by it, but most of the stories you feel like people are horrified and there's like a negative presence to it, like it's a bad omen. And he was like looking at himself almost in like another form. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's I a mean, weird. It's weird, like the back legs, though. Again, mm-hmm. just like the dogs. Yeah, that's yeah, like a definite thing. That's like a trend. But then it had the eyes of like a human, like it reminded like him more, or her of yeah. her or his eyes. So it had that human characteristic too, that's besides weird. just being on the hind legs. Yeah, it's a weird story. So my last story is a little longer, but this one I wanted to end with because I thought it was a little more interesting. It's titled, Skinwalker Encounter After Inquiring with a Navajo Woman Regarding If They, the Skinwalkers, Are Real or Not. <laughs> the title itself. It just gives it away. <laughs> it gives it away. Like. <laughs> but um, this is a really interesting story. So I have been hesitant on posting any story, mainly due to the fact that I don't want anyone ever thinking that I or the person the story is about is crazy. Although saying this actually happened sounds very cliche, I can assure you the following stories are true. Now, before I begin the first story, just for a bit of background, I am an intern for a church that does work on a Navajo reservation site, helping the community on people's homes, like roofing repair, repainting, and interior fixing. Eight to five, with good pay, and nice people, so overall I'm happy with this. And as a bit of a disclaimer, I'm not trying to offend Navajo tradition in any way, this is just a first-hand story on what is currently happening on my trip. Over the past two months of the internship, I have begun to grow fairly close with some of the residents on the reservation. One lady in particular that I got to know pretty well was the superstitious type. Like I said, (laughs) never be outside at night or other random seeming things to me like that. But the biggest taboo I knew knew to never mention, mainly because I was told by my superiors, was Navajo folklore like skinwalkers. However, one day, it was very different in the sense that the question was just burning within me. I was on my lunch break after wrapping up painting parts of of her house, and she sits next to me on her porch, and we talk for a while, but I finally feel comfortable enough to ask her about any folklore, about werewolves, or anything of that sort. I didn't really expect a response. I thought maybe she'd quickly say no, then change the topic, but if anything, I was more scared I may offend her. But to my surprise, she turned her head, looking toward the outside scenery, hesitates, but then says yes. I know some, and I've experienced it too. She then proceeded to tell me a description of the apparent equivalent to a werewolf. To paraphrase, she said, Werewolves look like normal people, but masked in white paint, covering their face, arms, and chest, their whole body as white as a corpse, covered with black symbols quite possibly related to devil worshipping. More specifically, they are grave diggers and necromancers as well they dig bodies up only to steal jewelry although they may perform other acts to corpses as she quickly strayed away from doing going into too much detail about that point werewolves also get their power from the devil this is how they are able to possess such supernatural strength and endurance i was surprised to hear this although i figured werewolves wouldn't look anything like that twilight or scooby-doo although deep down even i thought she sounded a bit crazy Before I could even ask any more questions about these werewolves, she began to tell me her own interaction with these supernatural beasts, and her story still gives me chills. 
She explained that one day, her and her husband were driving on the curvy roads alongside the mountains, only to find a woman with her face covered by her hands and was kneeling in the middle of the road, appearing as though she was crying. The woman looked up towards the car headlights to reveal this very same white paint and sacrificial symbols mentioned previously. Her husband honked his horn and quickly slammed on the brakes, only to be too late, and hears the loud cracking sound of the woman's bones and the splash of blood all over the windshield. Once her and her husband stopped the car safely and processed what the hell just happened, they quickly run over to the spot where they hit the woman. However, they just reached the spot. There was no body, but not only that, there was no trace of blood either. Just as a side note, this part of the reservation has some cliffs, but it was relatively flat land, so it would be obvious to tell where someone is, especially if they just got hit by a car. Puzzled by what the possible explanation could be for this occurrence, her and her husband drove back home, trying to neglect the thought that they just witnessed a werewolf. However, being the, being the non-paranormal believers they were at the time, they just had to close this occurrence off to them just losing their minds. I'm going to let the dog out real quick. Keep you at the edge of your seat. And Loki wants to take over the story. Okay. As interesting as her story was, this got me thinking. Is it possible for this werewolf story to be true? Or is this her own way of describing a skinwalker or other supernatural phenomenon because she didn't think I knew what a skinwalker was? This question kept circulating through my head. So as you could expect, the following nights made it harder for me to sleep comfortably. Because of that, during the work days... Really? <laughs> really? Don't be rude. Because of that, during the work days, I, could f I would feel more and more mentally drained, almost paranoid. At the end of the week, around 6, I was sitting in the car driving back to the church site and was in the mental state of mind where I was half awake and half asleep. My buddy was driving and claimed that he wanted to pull over to the gas station that was near the church to grab a couple snacks and to, mun to munch on during our debrief time in our cabin. Since I was too tired to argue, I said fine and laid my face against the window and tried to doze off while waiting for my friend. However, I had the weirdest feeling that I was being watched. So naturally, I opened my eyes and looked out the window. I saw nothing. However, when I turned my head out of the corner of my eyes, I thought I saw a white figure. Just as the woman described previously, I looked back and nothing was there. But I swear I saw something. Since it was beginning to get darker outside, I quickly sat up in my seat to readjust my vision. But when I looked back out the window, it was almost as though the figure had vanished. Perplexed, I stepped outside of the car and looked around, but there was no trace of a creature even existing. My buddy comes back to the car and questions what the heck I was doing. Debating whether or not I should tell him, I decided just to say, oh, I'm just getting some fresh air. Let's head out. The following days have been even worse for me. My mood is getting worse. I'm feeling way more paranoid that something is out there, and at night, I can almost swear that I can hear screams in the far distance. Everything outside just looks 100 times more scarier, too, because there is barely any outside light besides the moonlight, so everything has more of an exaggerated appearance. But believe me, I know I sound crazy, but the worst part is if I tell anyone, they'll think I'm crazy, too. So I've just been debating on... I've been debating whether or not... I actually saw the werewolf that the lady described, or if it was just in my tired eyes playing tricks on me. I hope someone can find some sort of answer to this werewolf mystery. And also, if you have any similar paranormal stories like this, please share. I'm trying my best to become more aware of the paranormal. If I find anything, then I will give my future updates on any more encounters or odd discoveries. Uh, there wasn't any other um, additional st stories that he posted on his original post. 
Um, but yeah, that was his encounter. That one's pretty scary, but I feel like this, the worst part is that they hit someone and <laughs> he wasn't there. Like, I feel I'm, like dwelling on that. Should I like call the local police and like <laughs> say, um, apparently they hit somebody? Should, should someone do more research on this? Because this doesn't sound right. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to see how this werewolf, which is a common, they say that it looks like coyotes, wolves, the skinwalker. Um, I think I think that that's what the woman meant. I do think she meant skinwalker, but didn't want to say those didn't words. Say it, yeah, it scared him even more. Especially because she is of Navajo's descent, and he is not, and doesn't think that he'll understand. So yeah, that those are my stories that I found online, um, and yeah, that's pretty much this episode that was interesting There's, i remember you told me this was the episode and i was like what's a skinwalker yeah yeah and like you know what's interesting is it. that i when i said let's do a skinwalker episode i myself really didn't know what a skinwalker was i had heard people reference it before we have talked about it once or twice on the show very briefly i think it was because of other people's encounter stories where they've mentioned mm-hmm. it but i never really understood what it was and what i found interesting too was i thought i was gonna find a lot more information on skinwalkers but then to come to find out there isn't just because the navajo indians they choose not to give that much information to the common folk because you know out of fear yeah and i mean i completely respect that but it's definitely an interesting concept and um i just wonder that you know where these it seems like these are all happening like on indian reservations or near so there has to be some history behind that because I, I was doing my research and it's not like you're seeing this in New York City or New Jersey <laughs> or like you're not seeing this where it's like a very urban area. You're seeing it in very rural rural destinations of the United States. Something has to have happened like years, years ago. Whether there. it was like a curse or something. I mean, like they said, these are, uh, these are supposedly people that were once, once medicine healers and then decided to use their, their magic for bad. So... What changed them? What made them turn so evil? Um, Traumatic event. What makes people want to switch to be a skinwalker, right? Like, yeah. I feel like, you know, they say once you're a skinwalker, you can never go back. I, I don't see what the appeal is of becoming a skinwalker. From the pictures I see, they don't look that appealing. <laughs> like, no, I, I, yeah. Don't strive to be them. Like, no. <laughs> but, all right, guys, that is our episode of Just Ghoulie Things, our topic on skinwalkers. Thank you all so much for listening. So, we're going to plug all of our social media. Vicky, you want to plug your social media? I'll plug it in. Vicky, V-I-C-K-Y underscore T-E-L-E for my Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all that. Awesome. You can follow me at Rebecca Ruber on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, mostly Instagram is like what I use. I yeah. just started That's using the app. I started mm-hmm. using like Twitter again, but very briefly. I just can't get into it. I, I just don't know. need a good laugh on Twitter. That's it, yeah, I mostly it. do it for the memes. <laughs> um, and obviously follow our Instagram page at Just Ghouly Things Podcast. I just started up the um, the private Facebook group again, which. It's not so private just because I'm accepting pretty much everyone <laughs> that invites themselves, but we do keep it private just because we want it to be a controlled, safe space for people, so not just anyone can come in and, like, troll or be disrespectful. Um, so definitely add yourself to that group, Just Ghoulie Things Podcast group. You can like our Facebook page, Just Ghoulie Things Podcast. If you don't have an Instagram, all of our stuff that we put on Instagram goes directly to that Facebook page. Um, our Twitter, JGT Podcast. To be honest, I 
don't like usually Lily's in charge of the Twitter stuff <laughs> so that's a little bit on like hold because I don't want to deal with all that social media but you can also donate to our Patreon at Just Ghoulie Things Podcast all the money that we get from that Patreon page goes towards mics goes towards um, just the time that we spend um, putting this all together mixing the episodes um, you know just helping us out honestly and just keeping this podcast going so thank you Boo Thang so much uh, and we will talk to you Boo later goodbye